Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Now we're heading just south of Timaru to a coastal farm at St Andrews. Cosmo Kentish Barnes is in the yard with Remus Coman and his partner Joy. He's farmed there for 10 years. The property was previously owned by John and Lorraine Williams and they spoke to Country Life just after they sold the property. For Remus, life on the farm has had its ups and downs, but it's his slice of paradise. If we are quiet and listen the birds around, Early morning, there are different birds, and later on, the ducks will start to <laughs> screaming around, making their nests and hatching the eggs. And yeah, yeah, it's it's really nice. And I have my own beef. Uh, every year, we rear three, four calves, and we keep for our freezer, which I fully enjoyed. And now, recently, we got ten chooks. We have our own eggs. Mm. Yeah, we get out from the supermarket hassle to uh, find eggs when it's possible. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, um, when John and Lorraine were farming here, they were farming sheep and they had crops. What changes did you put in place when you first moved onto the farm? Straight away, uh, first change was to transition to cattle grazing. So the water system, I changed it uh, pronto in the first year, adding uh, extra like 200,000 litres of storage plus uh, about 25 uh, big 1,500-litre troughs, which also are good storage. And, uh, yeah, we changed to cattle grazing. You've made quite big changes here, then. Well, with a 4 million debt, how much it was in the beginning, uh, was no way, no other way to survive in my eyes unless to put your ass to work. So with cattle grazing, cow wintering, and some young stock for the summer, I'm surviving Mm. So a big investment, and before that you were 50-50 share milking? Before that, yes, we uh, I share milk since 2008, 50-50, uh, starting with, with low number, like 500-something cows, and then going up to 1,200 cows, and mm. then going back down to 500, and then uh, settling here. And uh, when you first came here, you were... With Magda, is that with right? Magda, yeah, was my, my wife. And uh, we done really a lot of work in dairy farming. And uh, she's still farming now at Orari yeah. uh, with all the cows, the 500 cows she still have. Oh, so and, you split uh, the farm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Basically, she keeps all the dairy operation, which we, we had, and I took over the, the debt. <laughs> Did that end up working out OK for both Work, of you? Working up OK, yeah. It took a bit of negotiation between us, but uh, luckily we were still in very good terms. Uh, we are still good friends. And, yeah, I hope that she'll uh, do good this year when the payout is really shit. Mm. Yeah. So you have your own cattle and dairy farmers bring their stock here in the winter to graze as well? No, I don't have my own cattle since three years ago when uh, I split the business. So basically now it's, I'm just a grazier. In the last three years, I'm just grazing for other dairy farmers. Which is quite nice because you get some time off, I guess. 
I can get some time <laughs> off, but uh, always I find something interesting to do because I have like uh, 20 projects around. When you have time, you have to fill up your time with something which, which makes you happy. Yes. What uh, makes you happy? And, uh, well, I have to be happy if I can uh, go fishing. Mm. I have an old car which I always work on it to keep it running. Yeah. Joy makes me happy. My daughter makes me happy. So if I can spend some time with them to make them happy, yeah. Joy, are you a farmer? No, not really. I just uh, finished my university in Thailand and yeah, just met my boyfriend. Yeah, he invited me come to in New Zealand to visit him. Yeah, and I like Yes. I like here, like a slow life, not busy, and first time here, I miss my family and meet my friends so much. But after that, I yeah, just I like here. I you've got I, used to it. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yes. and now I'm happy. And you've been out this morning with Remus on the farm. Oh, not really. Normally he go by himself, and if he need help, he call. But my my routine is like a go to feed cubs, go to feed chook, and we have a uh, hawks. Oh, you've got pigs as well. Hawk? Yeah. No, hawk. 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 Bird. Big bird. Oh, you've got a hawk. He got it. <laughs> yes, I uh, like three weeks ago uh, in the in the kelp, the two hawks were fighting, and I suppose the y- young one w- was really bad, beaten up and full of oh. blood and couldn't fly, and it was quite a frosty morning. I grabbed it and uh, got it home and I'm feeding the hawk every day since. Is it doing okay? It's doing very good. I think soon we'll be ready to fly. Could I have a look at the hawk? Yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yesterday, uh, the last lot of Jersey cows went home. I had uh, 300 Jersey cows this winter plus the other cows. Mm. And uh, in the paddock where the cows were, today I found a calf. It was sleeping, sleeping somewhere, and wake up today. Where is my mom? Where is my yeah. mom? And yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah, it is, it is gorgeous. Jesse heard. Tiny. Beautiful, beautiful yes. and strong calves. Yes, how old will this calf be? It's like 12 hours old. Is that all? Yep, the cows left yesterday. No one spotted it in yep. the paddock. I, I miss it, yep. And just behind is my hawk. He's oh. like a king, look at him. So the hawk was in a fight. Was in a fight. The old one was full of blood on on his head. Couldn't fly. And now he's looking much better. Eating a lot of meat every day. And yeah, soon we'll, we'll go out flying. He's in an enclosure in the barn. Are you able to pick him up? He's very. De- uh, you have to be very careful with the hawks because they're close. They are so strong. Goes all the way to, in the flesh to the bone. So you need special protection for the hands. And when you pick up, make sure the clothes don't don't get you. Yeah. How long has he been been here for? Uh, about ten days, two weeks. Now he eats from. We put the meat here. Yes. And he comes and eats from basically from my hand. He's quite big. Yeah, he's, he's good size. He's, he's young. Big. So when you release him, will you just take him out here into the farmyard, or will you take him to where you found him? Well, I, I found him just in the paddock beside oh, here. Oh, just right there. Yeah. Just just over the fence. So this is yep. this is his home. Yep. Very good to have hawks in the farm because they clean all the dead uh, rabbits and birds and they basically eat all the dead animals. And in, in the same cage, I had uh, three, owl, three owls uh, last year, which I found in a broken gum tree, which fell with the wind. 
and their mothers was nowhere. I just pick up the the babies and bring them here and feed them till they were big and they fly away and they still sleep somewhere in in Tishid. They've made this their home. Yeah, yeah, they are still around here. Yes. You are from Romania? Yes, born in Romania and live in Romania many years, done the university there in farming, basically. I don't know, master in, in cattle breeding, actually. So oh. that comes in handy now with what you're doing. That's right, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I have a, quite a good base and understanding of many things. And not only about the farming, also. We learn like a lot about viruses and bacteria. Yeah. Right now, what is the difference, do you think, between farming systems in Romania compared to, you know, how things are done here? Farming system in Romania, they were very good till 1990. Very good. After that, with all the capitalism and the democracy coming in, basically everything was going bankrupt and uh, all the farm, the big farms closed and farming went maybe 10 steps back for good 20 years. And uh, nowadays it's going further again. Like, for example, last July, Romania was the biggest grain exporter in Europe. So it's, it's picking up again. But still, it's hard to farm in Romania because you are under European uh, regulation and you have to comply with those. Mm. And so there are heaps of rules. Heaps of rules, but also heaps of su- subventions. Uh, lots of money are pushed into, into the farm and farmers, help them to start, help them, help them to survive in tough uh, periods. They get lots of support. Yes, they get uh, good support, good support. And, and I guess uh, some of that money goes towards um, environmental changes. That's right, that's right. If a farmer chooses to do nothing to uh, part of his farm and just let it grow wild, he's got a good amount of money to cover basically all the income from that land from the UE. It's uh, like 12,000 euro for a hectare for a year. It's a good amount of money. So if you want to let your paddocks go fallow, yes. for a year you can. Yeah, no, no fertilizer, no spraying. You are allowed to do two cuts of hay or silage, but without any application of anything, and no grazing. What a big difference compared to here. Uh, here, farming is the, the core of the country uh, in New Zealand. Uh, farming is the main, the main industry, I'll say, in, in New mm. Zealand and uh, have to be supported much more than it is. Uh, like in the COVID times, there was nothing going in the, in the country besides farming. For two years, the New Zealand was basically bankrupt without the farming. How much land have you got here? Uh, there are roughly 196 hectares. I made another like 10 hectares of forest and I leased uh, the ocean another like 30 hectares on the ocean side. Oh, does your farm go right down to the sea? Yes, right. I have like a five case of uh, ocean frontage. And uh, I had lucerne, uh, maize for silage. Now I have 25 hectares in uh, oats there. And after I harvest the oats, I have to decide if I go back in lucerne or put some uh, maize silage again. Yes, yes. Here the phone rings. Hi, Jeff. Good, good. How's going? Yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take everything what's what's ready, you know, and 40, 45, uh, how many they can fit, you know? Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Bye.
was the owner of the cows to tell me that if it's possible for me to draft the cows which are ready to calve because he is busy with calving. So I choose now from the cow, I have like 200, I choose like 40 of them, uh, look into the other size. When the others start to go a bit bigger, they spring up and they are means ready to calve. And Joy, you'll be helping out? Of course. Yeah. I follow them to the Catalas and after that, his job, because he knows better than me. Lovely dog. Is he actually a good farm dog? No. Of cows. Now we go towards the old wool shed. The wool sheds on the farm is one of the oldest wool sheds in the region. Maybe in Canterbury, I'm not sure. It was built in like 1860s. Actually, that's one of my projects to start to do some work at the roof because I already <laughs> bought the sheets here, sitting to replace yeah. some broken sheets in the roof. Now we are driving down towards a paddock by a creek and we can see a Frisian cow there and she's just had a calf. It's a Frisian heifer, first time calver. Yesterday she had to calve with joy. She had a big, big, big calf. We pull it out slowly. It's, uh, now she's got another calf. So we've got two calves with her, very nice. And they are already standing up? Yep, yep, they are uh, happy campers together. The calves goes for my freezer. And uh, here on the left, I think is the only one surviving in, not sure in what area, like a old horseman uh, cottage accommodation. In the paddock on the other side of the creek, yeah, is, as Remus has said, a very old cottagey shed, yeah. which is still standing. A bit of history there. Yeah, yeah. Here with the, the people in charge of horses who used to sleep and uh, keep Torty horses in the other side, and now it's one of my beehive sheds. And since I bought the farm, I built three kilometers of new tracks in the farm. I found very good gravel in the farm, and uh, a local contractor done a very good work to get the gravel out and uh, spread it and build the new tracks. And we've come up to the top of the farm really and it is a wonderful view we can see the sea we can see lots of farms in the distance we can't quite see Timaru can we uh, not quite but in the in the night we see the light yeah. the, the lights from Timaru this paddock I worked yesterday I grab it after the kale what's some um, going in here uh, here we'll go further a bit it's a uh, very good feed uh, it's got more energy and gets the cows much more fatter than uh, the kale but uh, comes with some risks in the beginning, especially in the first four weeks. Is that because when they first go on fodder beet, they can get a bit bloated? Uh, no, it's uh, the, the sugars from the beet, it's too much for the cow uh, body and uh, they get acidosis. The blood gets very acid and uh, creates a metabolic disorder, which is called acidosis. And it's, it's, it's very easy to prevent it but also it's very easy to, to get it if you don't follow the rules. Do farmers in Romania use fodder beet? Yes but uh, basically Joy open the gate please. In Romania the fodder beet is smashed by machine and you feed it like a noodle like a fresh long noodle mixed with straw. Why do they do that? 
because uh, for the beet uh, it's uh, very easy to preserve for the winter and give it in the in the barns in the sheds. And uh, Remus, you don't often use fertilizer. I cut down more than half of the use. Fertilizer goes mainly for the winter crops and only one application per year for the grass sometime in just before spring when I get the most benefit of it. And basically that's it. It's, it's about uh, 50 units of nitrogen for the grass uh, per year. Can you see yourself stopping using fertilizer one day? Yes, I, th I think so. I think so. Slowly by slowly, I think the soil uh, have to look after itself if you give it what needs with some lime and some other uh, dressings which are not rely so much on nitrogen or uh, phosphorus or uh, other chemicals. Soil tends to regenerate itself, but takes uh, maybe 10 years to recover, regenerate and fight its own uh, biology, you know, to, to grow. And also the grass species, I think we rely too much on ryegrass, like a bit more coxfood, uh, tall fescue and other, other uh, drought-resistant plants, I think are more suitable. Yeah. So it's good to mix it up and have some grasses that have deeper roots. That's right, that's right. And good winter growth too. Mm. So when you've finished uh, winter grazing, what happens to these, to these paddocks? Uh, supplements for the winter, and they, they are still in a grazing rotation because I have a, a young stock for the summer. There are 220 uh, R1s, R2 now, and in December another like 220 will, will come, will be like 400. Uh, maybe I get another 150, uh, 200, so it'll be like six, 700 uh, young stock here plus even the carryovers will be like 800 animals for the summer yeah. but in the winter the numbers doubles basically because that's your main paycheck that's right that's main paycheck uh, yeah here it's a bit of uh, leftover from my straw always good to have leftover straw that's right last week uh, over the last winter i used 1300 bales of straw and 1200 bales of silage and i have left like 100 bales of straw and 60 bales of silage left. Yeah, it was very expensive to buy it last uh, summer. Oh, very expensive the the straw bell. <laughs> How much like is one of those straw bells? 75, 80 dollars one bell. Yep. Straw and silage, you have to have uh, something left, just in case. You know, it's good to over budget and under budget. Here are the cows which I'm gonna bring at the kettle yards. Now we've just come to a paddock of winter feed where the uh, last herd of cattle are and they'll be going away this afternoon, back to the farm. Yes, this afternoon some of the last cows are going back, not many left. And yeah, little by little it will be quiet and I'll enjoy a late cappuccino at home, not working early. <laughs> I might just take a picture of the cattle if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Lovely. Thank you. Now I can see you've got uh, a really impressive tattoo on your arm. What does it mean? Uh, that's that's me, basically walking alone on a ladder going up, 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 and uh, that's a very Romanian traditional wolf. So the old flag in Romania was like a wolf. Oh, the wolf! I can see the wolf there. The wolf, yeah, yeah, in some forest where the wolves lost to be and. 
up there. I have more. It's like an old man uh, with so many things in his mind. And yeah, it's hard to choose which one is good, which one is bad. Yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned about the wolf on your arm. You are from the Transylvanian region of Romania, which is very hilly, isn't it? Very mountainous. Very hilly. Heaps and heaps of forests. And there are wolves. There are lots there. of wild wolves. And I myself, I was chased by wolves twice in my life. In the winter, I had a wolf tracking my <laughs> my footsteps and in the snow, and I fear a bit of for my life. How did that happen? I was very young. Actually, I was with a friend biking around Sibiu in my old city and biking towards the zoo. And the zoo was like a 10 k away from the city and covered with snow in the winter and forest. And we hear something behind. We look. There were the wolves, like a, a pack of wolves, not many, but like six, seven wolves running on my bike tracks. And it was like... Chasing you? Chasing us, yeah. And luckily we reached the zoo and jumped the fence into the zoo. End up in, uh, was like a deer and a stags, huge area. And we just <laughs> feel safe there. Oh my gosh, how scary. <laughs> oh yeah, it was scary. You feel the adrenaline rush a bit and you push yourself hard to the limits to escape. Well, you have no worries about wolves here? No, no, <laughs> not worry about wolves. But many Romanians ask me, what? Predators in the fun because many follows me on my Facebook and ask a lot of questions about predators was dangerous and so it cannot believe actually is nothing. Uh, <laughs> what what possums and hawks and uh, magpies <laughs> can make some damage. <laughs> if you've got family or friends who are listening to this program, what would you like to say to them in Romanian? <laughs> you Romanian, you got me. Just a quick message because people will be able to listen to this, you know, online. That was South Canterbury farmer Remus Coman. Cosmo was also chatting with his partner Joy Tipicorn Prajit. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.